service. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hey guys, excited to be in your feeds today talking about Marilyn Monroe. Just a quick heads up that over in the Disgraceland feed, we've got our trailer for season 14, which debuts this Tuesday with a new episode on YouTube. Go check out that trailer, find out who else we're covering in the weeks to come. Also over in the Disgraceland feed, we just dropped a new After Party episode with a conversation that I had with the Red Handed podcast on the murder of Marvin Gaye. So that's there for you as well. And we also just uh, relaunched our... Marvin Gaye episode from our archive just to connect that to the red-handed interview that I did. So that's all over for you in the Disgraceland feed. But now I'm excited to talk to you about some movies. Badlands listeners, are you here? Are you with me? Are you too tired to go to bed? Too riled up to stay home? I know I am. This is another podcast that comes after the podcast. Welcome to Badlands, the rap party. Welcome to the Badlands bonus episode, another thing we like to call the rap party. Just like that other show, this is a show that comes after the show. A voyage from one episode of Badlands to the other, the back lot breakdown of sorts. On this bonus episode, we are talking about Marilyn Monroe, Sly, as in Sly Stallone, and John Gotti. Plus, more recommendations in your movie-focused voicemails, texts, DMs, and more Badlands listeners. Let's get into it. Greetings, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the rap party. Let's dive right into Marilyn Monroe. Lots of Marilyn on the brain here at Badlands headquarters. Last week, we featured a brand new episode on her 1961 movie, The Misfits, the last movie that Marilyn Monroe ever made. And this week, we dropped in your feed our two-part episode on Marilyn Monroe, just as a little refresher. They were the first two episodes of Badlands that we ever put together. Pretty proud of them. I still think they hold up, obviously. Otherwise, we wouldn't have dropped them in there. We've got new listeners coming, new fans of the show. We want to send your focus back to the beginning of the archives so that you can get all caught up. So we thought this was a good time as any to re-release those Marilyn Monroe episodes. Marilyn, of course, looms large in our world over here. That's zombie Marilyn staring back at you on your phone or desktop when you're looking at the Badlands logo. Marilyn's legacy and her influence crop up time and time again in our episodes uh, on other subjects, such as Jane Mansfield and Anna Nicole Smith. Marilyn rose from orphan to icon, as we've detailed, by creating an on-screen character that America could not take their eyes off of. She was entirely unrelatable, given how beautiful she was. And she did it while battling anxiety, depression, and addiction. Along the way, she bedded, married, and otherwise conquered America's most impressive men, Joe DiMaggio, Arthur Miller, Frank Sinatra, President John F. Kennedy, just to name a few, and her relationship with JFK. And his younger brother, Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy, would 
proved disastrous and result in long-running rumors, conspiracy theories about her death that are as hard to debunk as they are to dismiss. We get into all of this and these two Marilyn Monroe episodes, especially in part two, which is all about sorting through those various conspiracies to get to the truth about what really happened to Marilyn. 617-906-6638, that's the number. Give me a call. I want to know what you think of Marilyn Monroe's death. Do you think it was an accidental drug overdose? Do you think it was suicide? Do you think she was murdered? Let me know. 617-906-6638. Speaking of which, let's get into some voicemails and hear from you guys. All right, so let's hear this voicemail from the 516. Jake, it's Jay, the 516, calling again. I just finished this past week's bonus episode, and I called previously before I heard you talk about Suspiria and Goblin, which just blew my mind. But, yeah, again, recommendation. If you love Suspiria, you'll love Deep Red, and if you love Goblin, you'll love Goblin and Deep Red. Yo, all right, Jay, listen. Yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah, stoked on Suspiria. I want everybody to watch that movie. I want them to get primed. Of course, it's a thriller, horror. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's Halloween-oriented. But it's worth mentioning again here because it really blew my mind and sounds like it blew yours. And uh, I'm going to look into Deep Red. Appreciate it, bro. All right, we were talking last week uh, about Night of the Living Dead and its inspiration on our Misfits episode in Disgraceland. So we got this voicemail from the 540. Jake, oh boy. Um, you're talking about the uh, Night of the Living Dead public domain, all that. Okay, so when George Romero and his buddies made the movie, they named it Night of the Flesh Eaters. Okay, well, the distributors who distributed the movie decided they really didn't like that movie, so they renamed it Night of the Living Dead. Well, obviously, the distributors, they weren't going to, you know, put any kind of uh, trademark, copyright, whatever on that name. Why would they do that? They left it and that's why they it, nobody ever got a trademark copyright whatever patent whatever you want to call it nobody ever got one on the name night of the living dead so everybody has been able to use the name of that movie and everything all those uh, movies in the 80s that came out like revenge of the night of the living dead or night of the living dead part two and three with the punk rock kids and all that None of those were George Romero movies. They were all just, they stole the name. Well, it's still a name. They just used the name. And only because nobody ever, you know, did what they were supposed to do with the name. But that's why. That's why it's public domain. That's why it's damn near always been public domain from the beginning. But anyway, just zombie trivia. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate the message. Clearing that up for us. Was not sure what the history was behind why Night of the Living Dead was never trademarked or, or had a copyright and uh, was just available there in the public domain. Thanks for giving us the zombie trivia. Love it. All right, we were talking Dennis Farina in one of the past episodes. And, uh, you know, I can't really remember. We we're having a little Dennis Farina appreciation sort of commentary Based on what? I do not remember. But the point is, I have a gap. I don't know anything about Dennis Farina. I'm waiting for you guys to tell me. So we got this voicemail from the 858. Hey, Gary again in the 858. One more little tag on Dennis Farina. He was a retired Chicago police detective before he went into acting. That's it. Out. All right. Listen, appreciate it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I knew that about Dennis Farina, but I forgot. Fascinating dude. We're going to get into more Dennis Farina. Don't you worry. He's too compelling, clearly. We got a bunch of voicemails here. I got a lot on Dennis Farina. All right, got this voicemail from the 760 on um, pretty obscure Halloween-themed movie. We got a movie on the Halloween stuff, but I just got so many voicemails from you guys. I just want to give you guys your due here. This one sounds super interesting. Trick or treats. Jake, my brother. This is number six from the 760. Long-time fan since the beginning. And I wanted to let you know that rock stars that killed it in horror movies, you got to check out Trick or Treats. Great movie. It's got the uh, band Fastway, Fast Eddie Clark and Pete Way. Gene Simmons has a cameo as a, as a rock DJ and Ozzy Osbourne as a preacher, as a priest. And, of course, Mark Price from Family uh, Ties fame. Good movie, great music. You need to check it out. Thank you, my brother. All right, we're going to check that out. We're going to check that out. I'm tempted even though we're beyond the Halloween season. Just a great recommendation. The band Fastway, Fast Eddie Clark, Pete Way. What a band name. Love it. All right, 617-906-6638. That's how you talk to me on voicemail. That's how you talk to me on text. Guys, we got to move beyond the horror and Halloween conversation. It pains me to say so, but we're moving into the rest of the holiday season here with Thanksgiving and Christmas. I don't have any Thanksgiving-themed viewing questions. Maybe I do. What are the great Thanksgiving movies? There's got to be some, right? Home for the Holidays. Isn't that Thanksgiving? That's not Christmas. Obviously, The Last Waltz. It's more of a disgraceland topic with the band. But I also want to know, I want to I dial down into this. I want to dig down into this Marilyn Monroe question. Who and how do you think Marilyn Monroe died? Let me know. Check out the re-release of the Badlands Marilyn Monroe episodes that we just dropped in your feed. I attacked the conspiracy theory from a bunch of different angles. I have my take. You'll hear it in those episodes. But I want to know, do you think it was an accidental drug overdose? Do you think she died? died from a suicide or do you think she was murdered? Let me know. 617-906-6638 voicemail or text. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with some texts in a minute. All right, we are back. 617-906-6638, voicemail and text. Got a lot of text here. Let's try to kick through some of these from you guys. All right, so this one comes from the 318, and uh, this is this is music and film related. It's a recommendation from the 318 on the film Morning Sun. Okay, this is a documentary. Uh, 318 writes in, I've listened to a lot of Disgraceland and Badlands and haven't heard a mention of Dave Navarro's story. Look up the documentary Morning Sun. Another good one I've not heard mention of is Rumble, the Indians who rock the world, rock a A couple things, Brant, from the 318. You'll be pleased to know uh, Morning Sun was a uh, research tool for us in the writing of the Jane's Addiction Disgraceland episode, which is being produced right now and will be part of this next season of Disgraceland. So that film, Morning Sun, on your recommendation, we're going to tell everybody else here to go check that out in prep of our Disgraceland episode on Jane's Addiction and uh, more specifically Jane's Addiction guitarist Dave Navarro. As for Rumble, the Indians who rock the world, I have not seen it yet. And uh, that's a shame. 
I need to see it. It's supposed to be great. I've heard great things about it. Just one of those things I have not gotten to yet, but on your recommendation, we're going to check that film out, that documentary out. All right. Thank you, 318. Great text. Let's move on to some others. 713 writes in on the topic of uh, child stars. So 713 writes in, Hey, Jake, you asked in a somewhat recent bonus episode about child stars making the transition. Christian Bale, he was in Empire of the Sun at 13 or 14. and was amazing. It's one of my all-time faves. Cheers. I didn't know that. I did not know that about Christian Bale. I suppose I should have. Similarly, I was on Instagram last night. And I saw a picture of Alanis Morissette, who I, I knew was had a career as a child actress, actor, excuse me. And um, I saw her in a photo for You Can't Do That on Television. And as soon as I saw it, I instantly remembered her from that. And uh, I just, I had no idea. I had no idea. I just totally, totally spaced. All right, let's move on. Some more text here from the 978. Hey, Jake, have you heard of the movie Burnt Offerings? I have not. Uh, 978 goes on to say it's a horror film from 1976. All right. Uh, 978 says, it still scares me to this day, even though I was a young child when it came out. And the house where it takes place has an evil energy that possesses someone and kills others. If you do know it, then you know how creepy the hearse driver is. Love listening to Badlands and Disgraceland. You're a terrific storyteller who is blunt with the gory, horrible, or sad details from Christy. Christy, thanks. I don't know that film sounds super interesting i love that it's 1976 i'll be checking out burnt offerings all right 617-906-6638 the 651 writes in just wanted to say how much i loved your brandon lee episode of badlands the crow was my favorite movie as a kid i think i was nine when it came out super inappropriate but so it goes easily one of the best soundtracks ever made saw the cure over the summer and they actually played burn i completely lost my shit Right on, 651. Great soundtrack. You're absolutely right. And uh, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Brandon Lee, some sad stuff. All right, I asked for dog pics and 540. Sending me in the dog pic and the cat pic. Here I present Buford, named after Jackie Gleason's character in Smokey and the Bandit. Love it. Love it. Smokey and the Bandit. Great film. No script. How many, how many films are great and don't have a script? Okay, so 620 writes in, Jake, love all the shows. Just finished The Seven Husband of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid, based loosely on Elizabeth Taylor and Ava Gardner, geared more towards a female reader. Ginger from The 620. All right. The Seven Husband. The Seven Husband. Have you guys read it? What do you think? 617-906-6638. Let me know. 501 writes in, Hey, Jake, Doe here in the 501. I've seen the Maltese Falcon so many times. Love it. It's probably my favorite John Huston film, but I find it hard to relate to Mary Astor as the femme fatale. She was in so many great films and I love her, but just don't buy her in the role of Ruth Wonderly. All right. Well, hey, I hear you. I hear you. I don't know that I agree. I need to watch it again. I need to watch it as an adult. I need to watch it with fresh eyes. I need to watch it knowing now what I know about John Huston. But I'm going to check that out and get back to you. 501 also writes in, uh, do you think they could have done a better job casting that role? And who would you pick? Um, that's an interesting question. That's a very interesting question. 617-906-6638. Actors in movies you like, but you don't like the actor in the main role. Who would you recast? What actors would you recast in your favorite films? That's the question. 617-906-6638, prompted by Doe in the 501. Great, great question. Love it. 617-906-6638. 
Uh, what roles would you recast in what films? Let us know. All right. Text, voicemail, however you want to do it. Also want your best take on Marilyn Monroe's death. How did she die? Murder, suicide, drug overdose. Let me know. You got those new archive episodes right there in the feed waiting for you to re-engage with. You'll hear my take there. Let me know, 617-906-6638. Speaking of Marilyn Monroe, let's get into the music connection for this week's episode, okay? I mentioned earlier, Marilyn Monroe was involved for a bit with Frank Sinatra, who was at the time one, if not the biggest pop star in the world, also one of the most connected pop stars in the world, which is perhaps, uh, more than perhaps, it's been stated that that's why Marilyn named her dog that Frank Sinatra gave her, Moff, short for Mafia. By the way, it's just a horrible name for a dog, Moff, Moff. Come here, Moff, come here, Moff. The dog's not listening. No one's, no one's coming to, to that sounding name. No dog, anyways. Dogs need strong, strong names. How about Max? Max would have been better. I don't know. Moff? Come on. But it was the dog's name, and supposedly it was short for Mafia. But Marilyn, uh, a lot of people, you know, obviously know she sang in films, but her singing was perhaps underrated. And I'm not the only one who thinks so. You can ask Ella Fitzgerald, who is a fan of Marilyn Monroe's singing. Marilyn, like I said, sang in a lot of her movies, songs like Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend, I Want to Be Loved by You, I'm Through with Love, the list goes on. Perhaps one of the most famous pop song eulogies, though, of all time is about Marilyn Monroe. It's Elton John's Candle in the Wind from his 1973 album, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Elton's lyricist, Bernie Taupin, said that the song just so happened to be about Marilyn, that it could have been about James Dean, Montgomery Cliff, Jim Morrison but that ultimately it was about how we glamorize death and immortalize our favorite pop stars, our favorite musicians, our favorite actors, which begs the question, is Candle in the Wind the greatest pop song to do just that? Is Candle in the Wind the greatest musical tribute to an artist? Okay, let me know, 617-906-6638, voicemail and text. There are others. There are lots of examples out there. Especially, you can just go to the Beatles. There are so many tributes to John Lennon from living members of the Beatles. Okay, 617-906-6638. I want your greatest musical tributes to fallen stars. Okay, specifically actors and actresses. All right, let's run down Marilyn Monroe's films real quick to give us a little context. This isn't a complete list, but here are some highlights. 1950, The Asphalt Jungle, directed by John Huston. Also in 1950, the great film. She's not the star of this film, but it's fucking great. All About Eve. 1952, Monkey Business with Howard Hawks. 1953, Niagara. Wow. Smoking. Smoking hot movie, Niagara. 1953, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Also Howard Hawks directed. 1953, How to Marry a Millionaire. She's just batting a thousand here. 55, Seven Year Itch. 59, Some Like It Hot. 1960, Let's Make Love. I haven't seen that one. 1961, The Misfits, which we just did the episode on. Also directed by John Huston. So Marilyn Monroe starts out early on in her career with The Asphalt Jungle with John Huston and ends it in 1961 with The Misfits, John Huston. Of course, Marilyn Monroe had a career prior to that. But those are the big bookends. What's your favorite Marilyn Monroe movie? I want to know. Have you seen Let's Make Love? I haven't seen it. I'm looking at this list here, and it is impossible, impossible to pick a favorite. Again, some of the hits. I'm excluding, you know, it's funny. All About Eve is probably the best film on this list, but it's not really a Marilyn Monroe movie, so I'm taking it off. But then you got Niagara, which is like a sneaky, kind of dirty, dirty number one for me. But you've also got... Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, amazing. How to Marry a Millionaire, not as good as Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, but 
pretty good. Seven-year itch, great. Some like it hot, through the roof, great. And then the Misfits. I don't know. That's a that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Maybe it's some like it hot. I don't know. Favorite Marilyn Monroe film? I want to know. Hit me. 617-906-6638. Again, here are some contenders. Niagara, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, How to Marry a Millionaire, The Seven-Year Itch, Some Like It Hot, Let's Make Love, and The Misfits. What are your favorites? Favorite Marilyn Monroe movie? You can only pick one. 617-906-6638. Also, hit me at Pod, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, X, I mean, excuse me, etc. I'm going to take a quick break back in a flash with some recommendations. This is the other recommendations part, the part of the other show where we recommend the movies and television content, the recommendations part, the part where we discuss the movies and the television that we're recommending. This is the recommendations part here in the Badlands Rap Party bonus episode. Okay. feel like I've watched too much. Okay. I've been traveling, some train time, went down to New York, came back, been flying back and forth to Florida. Um, yeah, this is a lot. This is a, a lot that I've consumed, and I don't know how to focus this. I watched some some TV just to kind of like zone out on the plane. I watched Get Gaudy, which is just a guilty pleasure. I realize I watch I watch mafia stuff in the same way that my wife watches like Real Housewives stuff. That's my like shut my brain off and just kind of chill out. And I know these stories back and forth, like the back of my hand. I've consumed so much John Gotti content. So the fact that I hung in there, more than hung in there, I was at the edge of my seat for the Netflix Get Gotti three-episode miniseries. It says a lot about how good it is. And it made me even go back and watch the precursor to this by the same producer, John Liebman, who created, who's a former uh, Eastern District New York attorney that went on and had a career in the entertainment business. Before he produced Get Gaudy, he produced Fear City, which came out, I think, back in 2020. And it is another limited series on the takedown of the mafia. It's more broad, obviously, than just John Gotti. And it has to do with a lot of the sort of uh, trade craft of the prosecuting attorneys and the investigators, the FBI, et cetera. That one fear city. I went back after Get Gotti and I started watching that again. And it's just like, it's just like a warm, nice, comfortable embrace. So if you're into mafia content, Get Gotti is fantastic. And you probably already know about Fear City. You can check both those things out. Uh, I'm also, I've started and I'm savoring New Rose Hotel, 1998 science fiction-ish, erotica-ish, film by Abel Ferrara, the guy who directed The Addiction, which I talked about on a couple rap parties previous to this. Uh, New Rose Hotel, it's really good, and I'm just, I haven't had time to watch it on my television, on the big TV, and just sit down and just dedicate my entire brain to it. It's incredible. I can tell in the first 20 minutes that I've watched, so if you guys want to watch along with me, go find it, New Rose Hotel. It's uh, Christopher Walken, Willem Dafoe, Asia Argento, who you may know from uh, being involved with Anthony Bourdain. This was way back, though, 
way back in 1998 is when this film came out. And it's a thriller. It's got an excellent cast, and it has an amazing director. And I'm really looking forward to sinking my teeth into it. New Rose Hotel. If you guys watch it, text me 617-906-6638 or leave me a voicemail. Let me know what you think. I hope to have watched it before I get back on here for the next wrap party next week. Also watched Sly, the documentary, which I didn't watch Arnold, the Netflix documentary, but it's, it appears to me that, you know, Sly Stone saw the Arnold one and was like, yeah, hey, I did my own documentary here. And then they did Sly. And it's really, really good. It's inspiring. And it just, as someone who's who's involved in the entertainment industry in the way that I am, and I'm always trying to get things made, it just goes to show that, like, you got to just keep fucking pushing. It doesn't matter. You know, Sly Stone, Sylvester Stallone is like the biggest fucking celebrity on the planet. And he was still having a hard time making the movies he wanted to make and still having a hard time reaching the people that he wanted to reach. And it's just inspiring that the guy never gave up. And look, I'm not, you know, Sly Stone was was so big that for people who are my age, people from Generation X, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, he was there for our early childhood with the Rocky movies, specifically Rocky 3 and 4, which were just phenomenons. And if you were a young kid at that time, you were obsessed. I remember we were out in the yard and we, were, we would just be pantomiming the fights with our friends and and just like doing the announcer voice. And, we, you know, one guy would be Apollo Creed. The other guy would be Clubber Lang. You know, someone, someone lucky would get to be Rocky. And it was just you do the whole thing and they had the action figures and it was this other level. And then he became... He became kind of this cheeseball mainstream, I don't even know what he was. He was Planet Hollywood. He was just fucking everywhere. And it was, you know, after Rambo I'm talking about. And he he just, he was kind of, uh, toxic's not the right word, but he was kind of a put off to me. And then, of course, I get older and I go back and I watch Rocky, the first film, the first Rocky film, and I recognize it for the great work of art that it is. It's one of the greatest love stories ever told. Rocky II is incredible as well. And then you learn the story of what Sylvester Stallone had to go through to get those films made. It was kind of the blueprint for Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and Goodwill Hunting. And you start to learn that that Rocky is really the story of Sylvester Stallone trying to make it as an actor in Hollywood. And it just, there's this, so there's a lot of dynamics at play here with the story of Sylvester Stallone. And it's captured in a really interesting way in this documentary, Sly. I highly recommend it. I get a fly tonight. I'm going to probably watch Arnold on the plane, I think. I don't know, even though I'm still kind of pissed at Arnold for reasons I don't want to get into here. But yeah, that's what I'm watching. All right. Sly, New Rose Hotel, Get Gotti, and Fear City. All right. Thank you, Netflix. Put the check in the mail. It's a lot of Netflix content there. I didn't do that on purpose. All right, 617-906-6638. Voicemail and text. Let me know what you're watching. Let me know if you watched any of the stuff I just mentioned, what you thought of it, if you liked it, if you didn't like it. Let me know what you think of the Marilyn Monroe death scenario. You know, again, was it a suicide? Was it a drug overdose? Was she murdered? Let me know which famous movie you would recast and with who and why. All right? I want to know. 617-906-6638. Back in a flash, recap this.
All right, let's recap, shall we? Number one, The Obvious, our two-part archive episode on Marilyn Monroe is available in your feed right now. Go check that out. Number two, next week in Badlands, we got a brand new episode on Phil Hartman. I love Phil Hartman. Okay, love, love, love Phil Hartman. Real quick, another kind of sneaky recommendation here. Just saw him recently. He's so fucking good in So I Married an Axe Murderer with Mike Myers. He's got a tiny little role. He's awesome in it. Uh, number three, over in the Disgraceland feed, we just dropped the trailer for season 14 featuring episodes on YouTube, Jane's Addiction, Michael Hutchins from NXS, finally, and lots more. Four, call me, 617-906-6638. Let's keep this Badlands movie conversation going. Number five, I got a split. I got other podcasts to record, and I have to return some videotapes. So right now, a second dose of bliss for yours truly. In honor of this week's Badlands episode, me reading you the script, the incredible script from Some Like It Hot. Fade in, city at night. A hearse of late 20s vintage is proceeding at a dignified pace along a half-deserted wintry street. Inside the hearse, there are four somber men in black and a coffin, of course, with a wreath of chrysanthemums on top. One of the men is driving. Another is in the seat beside him. The other two are sitting in the rear of the hearse, flanking the coffin. All four seem fully aware of the occasion. Now they hear a siren, faint at first, but rapidly growing louder. The driver and the man next to him exchange a nervous glance, and the other two men move tensely toward the rear door of the hearse, raise the black curtain over the glass panel, and peek out cautiously. Through the glass panel, they see a police car bearing down on them, the red light blinking, the siren screaming. The two men at the rear window gesture to the driver step on the Quit talking and start mixing. Cut it!